It's a Saturday, and I'm Kramer. It's Saturday with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Good morning, Kansas City. It's a nice, cloudy, foggy, dreary day here around the metro. You know what? That's not going to put a damper on our movie because you know what's in a few weeks? Heck, teams are reporting on the 9th. Our catchers are reporting to spring training here soon. Happy Groundhog's Day yesterday. There's going to be a shortened type of winner. Thank the Lord. Spring's going to come early this year. Spring training comes right around the corner in Major League Baseball. Moves are still happening in baseball. A lot of free agents are left out on the table as well. We'll get to that in today. I think that I've found my clear-cut favorite to winning the World Series. The head of the MLB table, that all awaits for you here in the first hour from 9 to 10, of course, as always. 9 to 10, always our baseball hour. From 10 to 11, our football miscellaneous hour. Not much, uh, not much, uh, not much game talk. For next week, not much big game Super Bowl talk for the 49ers and Chiefs this week. I'm going to save all that stuff for next week because, I mean, it's t- I mean, time sensitive. I don't need to preview the game twice when I could care less e- either team in this one. Expect- I'd please no 49ers. It's no 49ers winning it. If We can all be happy about the 49ers not winning the Super Bowl. Let's just have the Chiefs win it again, keep this streak alive, and... Continue to make my my writing experience for Arrowhead Pride happy. But that's it. That's under here or there. Welcome into Stars Kramer. You can chime out the show on the artist formerly known as Twitter X at Kramer Talks. You can X at me and we can uh, chime in throughout that way. So, yeah, I have figured out who I know will win guaranteed. It was guaranteed to win the American League East and possibly the World Series. And they kind of solidified themselves a few days ago. When they acquired, traded for the Milwaukee Brewers starting pitcher, elite pitcher, Corbin Burns, the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles acquired Corbin Burns via the trade They, in exchange for infielder Joey Ortiz, left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, and the 34th pick in the 2024 draft. It's kind of fun to see picks now being involved in drafts, and especially with big-name players such as Corbin Burns and such as a player that can turn your pitching rotation from a, say if you're like at that C caliber, or like maybe a C plus, you got a guy like Corbin Burns, he's going to obviously get you up to a B plus to an A minus on grading pitching stats. Corbin Burns has been exceptional throughout his entire major league career, posting a 3.5 war. He's 45 and 27 if you care about his win-loss record, but he has a 3.26 career ERA. And this is just doing all this in 700 innings. This guy eats innings. Last uh, last year, he was seven innings shy of uh, eclipsing the 200 innings mark. He had 200 strikeouts last season, had a 3.39 ERA on 32 game starts. This guy is going to come out there every single game and be a gamer for you. He, I I don't think there's been a, a serious injury this guy has had. He's had 32 starts last year, 33 in 2022, 28 in 2021. And the fun thing about those three years I just listed off was, one, the 2021 season was a Cy Young Award season that he had a 2.43 ERA, and he was an all-star in 2021, 2022, and 2023. Corbin Burns is consistent. Corbin Burns is an elite-level starting pitcher. Corbin Burns, I am so happy he is finally out of the National League Central, so he's just I don't have to worry about him playing uh, my St. Louis Cardinals anytime soon or after. So this is a great move by the Baltimore Orioles. And... Baltimore is just only going uh, going to go up from this as this roster now I feel like has been even more solidified, especially in the pitching rotations thing. You have Corbin Burns. You have Kyle Bradish, who no one expected him to be the type of pitcher he was last season. I believe Kyle Bradish last year was the ace for the Baltimore Orioles. I'm hoping he can re- recap and redo what he did in his 2022 season, or not, excuse me, his 2023 season from last year. Because if that's the case, you have Kyle Bradish, Corbin Burns, Grayson Rodriguez, who gelled the final regular, se- uh, final regular season games, the final month of September, maybe the late August as well. We, you saw Grayson Rodriguez finding himself, finding his way in the major league level. John Means, who was hurt all of last year, had a couple of starts towards the end of the season. And those couple of starts, you realize, okay, yeah, I completely forgot we had John Means on the roster. The f- one, two, three, and four guys is absolutely loaded when it comes to the starting rotation for the Baltimore Orioles. And that's not without even me saying anything about Dean Kramer or Taylor uh, Tyler Wells. Those two guys, I'll tell you this right now, Tyler Wells, 
Dude's six eight. You need to put him in your starting rotation right now. You need to make sure he's he's towing the rubber every fifth day, and that's and that sucks because Dean Kramer is a good level type of arm. But one of these guys is going to get moved to the bullpen. That's just what's going to happen. And just to look at the the rest of the moves that they've done this offseason to help them, uh, I guess get over that hump. Minus the just adding Corbin Burns, they they they, they got Craig Kimbrell earlier this offseason because of Felix Batista is going to be pretty much donezo for their, this upcoming season because of Tommy John surgery. They waited too long and too late of last season. They probably should have shut him down earlier on so they could at least have Felix Batista maybe, maybe after the All-Star break this this upcoming season, but that's not going to happen. They, so they went out there and they get Craig Kimbrell, which is nice, but I'm pretty sure Yano Cano could have been their closer no matter what. We saw him, uh, we saw him kind of go into that role earlier in the season last year. Uh, bouncing back and forth between the number eighth, like the eighth inning role guy or the closer role guy. But I, I, I like this. And you just got to look at this, this, this lineup where when you look at this lineup, they need a third baseman. And there's a top level third baseman out there who played in the division f- with the Baltimore Orioles, but played the Toronto Blue Jays last season. And Matt Chapman is somehow, some way they had the money. And you also got to think too, there's been new ownership New ownership of the Baltimore Orioles. I kind of forgot what the what they sold for. Baltimore Orioles sell of the team. Yeah, no, this uh, this team was sold by what one point seven two five billion dollars. One point seven two five billion dollars. The first move they done was to go get Corbin Burns who's going to be an upcoming free agent at the end of the season. I wouldn't be shocked if they're like, you know what? We're just going to, we're just going to sign you now. We're going to, we're just going to make you a Baltimore Oriole for life because the guys who are now part of the ownership of Baltimore got deep, deep pockets. So that's the reason why I'm saying that maybe Matt Chapman might be on the radar for this team because the lineup I wouldn't, is, is lacking there. Your first baseman's already set with Ryan Mountcastle. We already know your catcher is Adley Rutschman. Second baseman it could be a toss-up between Ramon Urias or uh, Jorge Mateo. But your shortstop's got to be Gunnar Henderson. I don't think Gunnar Henderson should be your third baseman. He should not be your starting third baseman no matter what. I think Gunnar Henderson, you move him to shortstop because I think he'd be your best shortstop there. Or if you think that you don't need to go out there and get a third baseman, put Jorge Mateo at short and then Ramon Urias at second. But you can live or die with your second baseman being Ramon Urias or Jorge Mateo. But if Gunnar Henderson's not your shortstop, and he's going to be at third base, it's ridiculous. Leave Gunner at shortstop. Go sign Matt Chapman. Make that infield a complete, lethal, defensive from top to bottom, and they can also provide with their sticks. That's what you want when it comes to this infield right now, especially in the division, when you're with the Tampa Bay Race, who's going to be the most consistent, consistently good winning team among regular season games. We already know he's not, they're not going to pan out when it comes to the postseason. So you at least you need to know that you need to get some some wins under your belt by getting a guy like Matt Chapman, and he's going to obviously obviously add to that with the war that he brings to the table. And I even talked about the, the outfield. I think the outfield for Baltimore is absolutely underrated, and it is full of talent. Austin Hayes out there in the left field, Cedric, uh, Cedric Mullins in center, Anthony Santander out in right. That's not without me saying something about Heston Kerstad who needs to be in the starting rotation right now. And that's also without saying anything about Mr. Ryan O'Hearn. Ryan O'Hearn had a, a former friend alert here in Kansas City. He had a great season last year in Baltimore, kind of like it rejuvenated his career, if you would but say. We saw Ryan O'Hearn here not do a lick in a Royals uniform, but is Babe Ruth in an Omaha Storm Chasers um, uniform if you just go up I-29. So when he goes to Baltimore, Ryan O'Hearn has finally transitioned himself into being a Major League Baseball caliber player because he's not putting too much pressure on himself, which is nice. And then, I mean, you can obviously put O'Hearn at DH, Santander at DH, Ryan Mountcastle at DH, and you also put um, Heston Kerstad there at DH as well, but I like the youngness, the spunkiness of the of the ripe 24-year-old to just, I want him to go out there and just match. He's actually going to turn 25 here in like nine days. Heston, Heston Kerstad is going to be. So, All said and done, Baltimore Orioles, they're gonna be good. Like I don't, they're out of every single team in the national and the American League East. I don't see Boston gonna beat them. 
I I can see them splitting with Tampa Bay, but then I can also see Baltimore starting to side on the, the, the higher, like the they're going to have the better winning percentage against games against the Tampa Bay Rays. I think that's I think that's that's a given. I I I believe that. I think they're better than the Yankees. I think this lineup is better than the Yankees. Even though the lineup had the, the Yankees lineup consists of Aaron Judge and Juan Soto, to name a few guys. I still think from top to bottom, a well-rounded lineup is the Baltimore Orioles in that division. That's not without even talking about the, the, the Toronto Blue Jays, who I feel like haven't done really deadly squat this past offseason to help their their case. If anything, they're they're losing. They they they, they didn't re-sign Matt Chapman. Like I'm sorry, Matt Chapman's a Gold Glove, Platinum Glove, great hitter. I mean, he's gonna he started off insanely hot last year too. Like in the, the beginning of the like the regular first two two months of the season last year, Matt Chapman looked like he's gonna be the American League MVP, and injuries. People figuring you out—that's what happened to Matt Chapman. So I'm—I'm I'm just—it's just wild. There's there's just so many free agents still. Like Blake Snell's a free agent. Like I, we'll we'll get into more of the um, uh, free agents later on in the show. But I think you could punch the ticket of the Baltimore Orioles winning, winning the 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 American League East just tenfold. I I can't see any other team. I just can't. But. What I do like about this team was the ownership and GM group seeing that they needed to do something, and they went out there and did it. This was the GM of the Baltimore Orioles pretty much said, we had the foot on the gas pedal. The foot on the gas pedal in order to get Corbin Burns. And later on in this ESPN article um, that was out there, he's quoted saying, a big trade and I think a big addition and moment for our team. Corbin Burns is exactly what we needed. We were in dodge pursuit of him entire offseason. Obviously, there were other starting pitchers that we pursued, but it's hard to have somebody higher than Corbin Burns on your wish list. They went out there, and they got their guy. And I'm curious if the other people that they went out there to maybe put some inquiries in like a Shane Bieber or a Dylan Cease who those were the those were two of the three names including Corbin Burns that was shopped to be rumored around baseball and we at least seen one of the dominoes fall so now I can lead myself to believe that we could possibly see Dylan Cease being traded we could possibly do see Shane Bieber being traded out of the American League Central and if that does happen that makes that American League Central a lot more easier for teams like the Detroit Tigers, like the Kansas City Royals, to, and possibly the Minnesota Twins, to get past the Cleveland Guardians, get past the Chicago White Sox. We already know the Chicago White Sox are the bottom feeders of the American League Central. We just know that right there. And I can firmly say that I think the, the second team in the bottom feeders of the American League Central is the Minnesota Twins, followed by the Cleveland Guardians. I think we're splitting with Tigers and the Royals this upcoming year when it comes to the Central. But if you have two guys that are still rumored around being traded out of that division, or, I mean, heck, who knows? You could see an in-division type of trade with the, with names such as Bieber, um, uh, Dylan Cease. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see it happen. But what I'm going to get at here is whenever the, the news was out there saying, hey, there's these guys, there's these pitchers that we know for a fact could possibly be traded, one of them just went this week, What's the what's the consequences? What's the fallout with the other teams thinking, all right, we only have a few more weeks. Heck, we have some teams have less than a week to get ready. They have six days. I'm, what is it? I'm pretty sure it's the Dodgers and Padres. Dodgers and Padres report sooner than everybody else. And I think it's on February 9th. Everybody goes the, the, the week after that. I'm pretty sure it's like the, the 12th or the 16th, in between somewhere around there. But pitchers and catchers are reporting here in a few weeks, and we still have trade rumors coming around. We have uh, deals are still being made. Heck, there's some deals that still have yet to be made with a, a plethora of free agents still out there in Major League Baseball. So buckle up, people. We're going to see a lot of moves happen. When it's either from former MVPs, former Cy Young Award winners. They're still out there. Gold Glovers, Silver Sluggers, All-Star appearances. There's a lot of those guys still out there in free agency that I'm I'm shocked that I haven't found a home yet because of how quick and soon pitchers and catchers are going to start to report. Like literally, next week is the Super Bowl and then the NFL. And usually, right after that, it is bam. Right now, we're, then we'll go straight to straight to baseball season. That's the best part of time, especially around this time, knowing that the the Super Bowl week it starts on Monday. Heck, honestly, Super Bowl week started on 
last Sunday when the final game between the 49ers and the Lions happened. So I I could see big I could see big moves happening this week. But then also I I I don't because of how baseball poorly chooses to announce things. And when the and it's funny too because if they do announce something, it's it's obviously around something not timely because there could be another sport such as the NFL, as the NBA, boom, bombshell news, there you go. It, it would be MLB of them to have signings and big signings or big trades happen this upcoming week or on Sunday next week. That that's just the, the MLB move, the MLB mantra. It's just it's just what they do. It's just it's just how they do things. And I don't know, I digress, but I do believe the Baltimore Orioles are going to are going to win. I, I think they're going to win this division. I think they could possibly win this World Series. They're going to go far. They're going to have a deep playoff run than they had of last year. So I think it's going to be fun. Great move. Great, great, great move by the Baltimore Orioles. Welcome back in to the head of the table, head of the table talk, this time baseball edition. We had to add a few more chairs. We went with eight people on my NFL because those are the eight teams that were there, but no. Baseball players, the top 10 baseball players that I see this upcoming baseball season. And I'm going from 10 to nine. So whoever walks through the door here in the studio, First is the far away side of the table. Mr. Matt Olson, the Atlanta Braves, please join me at this festive meal I have for you all. Now, Matt Olson, the 10th best baseball player in Major League Baseball per me. Per me. I love Matt Olson. I loved it when he was debuted for the Athletics. He brought the, the big bat, the big stick, the big lefty. Great defense guy. Great power guy. He is on the... I think he is in the best situation for himself when it comes to playing at ballparks. But last season, he had, what, 50-something home runs? If uh, his uh, base reference wants to refresh. Yeah, no, he had 54 home runs. I'm pretty sure that, that led the the Amer- National League in home runs. He had 139 RBIs driving in last year as well. Was fourth in MVP votings, and he was an all-star. The first all-time all-star. Two-time all-star. The first time over in the National League. I like Matt Olson a lot, and that's why I think he's fitting to be as the number 10th guy in Major League Baseball. Number nine, number nine, number nine. Sit miss next to Mr. Olson here. Jordan Alvarez, thank you for attending this. Jordan, I, th- I believe I should have added you a little bit higher, but once I see a full season of you, healthy, playing a full 162, maybe a 154, that's enough. Give him a few off days in between. I love this man. You need a clutch hit, you'll get a clutch hit. Hit 31 home runs last year, drove in 97 RBIs, and I'll tell you this right now, it wasn't in a full 100 games. Okay, it was. It was 114 games. He actually had less... He had played less games in 2023 than he did in 2022. Finished with the exact same number amount of RBIs and still hit 30 home runs. You know, in the the last three years for Mr. Jordan Alvarez, you want to guess how many home runs he's hit? Well, he said he did 31 last year. Okay, that's 31. Two years ago, 33. So that's 64. So we're sitting at 64 right now in two years. He had 37 the year before that, that back in 2021. Do the math. He hits bombs. Number nine on the list, Jordan Alvarez. Number eight, next to Mr. Jordan Alvarez, Mr. Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners. J-Rod is the future. He's the present, and he is everything. He's everything when it comes to Seattle Mariners. He is the King Griffey Jr. of this era. That is what Julio Rodriguez is a man that can still bop be in caliber and talks for the MVP is going to probably be an all-star every single year probably win a silver slugger every single year man this is the guy that won the rookie of the year back in 2022 he's a stud he's going to be a stud for for ages because he's going to enter his he's not even is he 23 yet 
Yeah, he just turned 23 36 days ago. He's, he's, he's 23. People, he's 23 years old. And I have him as the eighth best baseball player in Major League Baseball. Where will he be at next year? Might be number one. Oh, no, we're getting there closer. We're, get, we're getting closer to number one. As this is the head of the table talk here, we're heading at number seven. Come on in. Come through the door. Join us for this meal, Mr. Mookie Betts. What can't Mookie Betts do? It's kind of like the Bo Jackson phrase, what can't Bo do? Bo knows. What can't Mookie do? What can't Mookie do? He can play outfield. He can play second base. He can play shortstop. He can play center field, left field, right field. He can probably pitch if you want him to. He can probably suit up behind the plate. I think he can probably have a cup of coffee at first base. I'm not sure if he has the... He, no, I'm pretty sure he definitely has the arm and the accuracy to play third base. And if he can play second, you can play short. So, what can't Mookie do? He got a seven on this list. He can hit. Hit with power. Contact. Speed. Five-tool player. Like I said, he could probably pitch. Did I mention he's a great bowler? I mean, they tell you that every single ESPN broadcast. What can't Mookie do? If it wasn't for other players in Major League Baseball, I'd probably have Mookie up. Mookie up on this list more. But I am at seven. Number six. So next to Mookie Betts, Mr. Corey Seager of the Texas Rangers. Now he's a, another, he's a World Series champion. Got that under his belt in Corey Seager. A two-time All-Star, three-time, four-time All-Star, two-time in the American League. Hey, Corey Seager's won multiple World Series, and he's not going to finish. I bet he's not going to finish. He's not. Gonna, he's not just going to finish his career with two World Series. No, he'll have three. He even might have four. Yeah, I, I Texas Rangers are good. If he stays healthy for them, continues to hit like he does. Like he had a 390 on-base percentage. Batted a 327 last year. Look at his war. A 6.9. Yeah, I got him six on this list. Number five. People might think I'm crazy for this, but I all I see is nothing but pure, pure stud in this player. Rafael Devers. I know it wasn't an all-star season last year. He kind of got fizzled out a little bit because of how bad Boston was. But I think Rafael Devers is a top five player in baseball. I, the, his approach to the plate and his defense is why that's the case. I know he's not going to come out there and kill you with his batting average. He had a 271, a career 280 batting average, but he had 3.5 work. He's going to get you those wins. He gets on base that 351 on base percentage. His OPS plus a 126. That's good. That's really good. 33 home runs last year, drove in 100 RBIs. He should have probably been an all-star, but he was snubbed. I, that's how. That's what my opinion is over this. Rafael Devers is a top five Major League Baseball player, and that's just with everybody in general. That's also including the, the pitchers. There's pitchers on this list. I, I have pitchers on this list. Heck, we'll go to number four right now because he is a pitcher. That is Garrett Cole. I absolutely can't stand the man, but I cannot leave him off of a list. It's like I don't give bad or a bad mantra if you have a bad attitude off the field i don't care i don't care at all so that's why i think these hall of fame voters shouldn't care at all either but people's attitudes are off the field you need to worry about what they do on the field in order to get recognition i'm giving you the recognition garrett cole you're the fourth best player in major league baseball you are probably you are the first best pitcher in major league baseball i am i can confidently say that with i can just confidently say that 263 ERA last year went 15 and 4 to 7.4 war. All in 33 game start, he stays healthy. He pitched over 200 innings. He had 222 strikeouts. Garrett Cole is an elite dominant pitcher in baseball, and you cannot take that away from him. You just can't. He is on the list of head of the table, but he's at four. Now we're in the top three of things of this. Give me the Dodgers first baseman. Freddie Freeman. Freddie. Freddie's good. Freddie's really good. Freddie's fun to watch. Freddie can do it all. He could probably play baseball. I bet he can be. I bet he can play. I bet he's going to play until his mid forties. He's that type of player. He, he can hit. He's only 31 years old right now. I believe he's either 31 or 33. He's in his early thirties. And 
I assume he's just going to be able to hit like this for the remainder of his career. Like I said, into the mid-ages of 40 because he is that consistent. Put him at DH. If you need a slap hitter, a high contact guy, high, high, high contact hit rate, and say he is in his 40s and he's playing baseball, he may not be your number three guy in the batting lineup, but having Freddie Freeman at number seven or eight when players are on base and you know he can just do a slap hit to get get a few runs in, he's going to have 100 RBIs every single year, even when he's in the age of his 40s. He will have 100 RBI season above the age of 40. I can guarantee that when it comes to Freddie Freeman. He's a top three level player in baseball. He may be on one on some on some people's lists. He's number three on mine, though. Number two, number two. It might shock some people. It might. But number two, the, we're at the head of the table, Major League Baseball coming up this season. Number two on my list, Shohei Otani. Yeah, he's not number one for me. Just not number one. Only reason why is because he's not going to pitch this upcoming year. I can't guarantee myself saying that he's the second best baseball player when I know he's not fully 100% healthy and doing what he likes to do fully when it comes to playing baseball, and that is pitching and also hitting. Once Shohei gets back and then goes gets toes the rubber once again, maybe at my next season he might be number one on the head of the table list. He's just not one here. He's gonna hit, he's gonna hit bombs at, in Los Angeles. We we've seen him do it in the Angels uniform. He'll do it there at Chavez Ravine in a Dodgers uniform. It's just that's that's what Shohei's gonna do. He's gonna he's gonna steal the show no matter what in any given circumstance at all times. That's just what Shohei Otani does. It may not be the best season we're gonna see of him. But we're going to see a good season from Shohei this upcoming season. That's why I have him second on the list. And number one, come on through the door. Sit next to me at the head of the table, Mr. Ronald Acuna Jr. You can't have Ronald Acuna Jr. not at the head of the table. You just cannot have that. So, so good. Was named the National League MVP and still played in the Winter Bowl League and hit a home run in his first game. Ronald Acuna Jr., is magical. He is the baseball player. He's the prototype. He's what everybody should be and what what and that needs to strive to be when it comes to playing baseball. Remember this guy, 40-70. 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. He did that last year while driving in 106 RBIs. And the war is ridiculous. An 8.2 war. War wins above replacement. There's just, there's just nobody like Ronald Cunha Jr. And your OPS plus at a 168. Skyrocket 168. Head of the table. Head of the table, Ronald Acuna Jr. This is Sarah Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Hope you all are enjoying your lovely, dreary, foggy day here in Kansas City. We're always live. We're always local every single Saturday. Coming up next, Shohei Otani addresses the the BW, BBWAA. Giving thanks to all because, yeah, he is your American League MVP. We'll, we'll hear Shohei talk. And top remaining free agents and done deals. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Back at it live and local on a Saturday. Saturday's Kramer here on the Bet 1660. Some say, say, say. Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson. Baby, baby. And some news. In the coming weeks. Yeah, this guy. In the coming weeks, I will be the new executive producer for our sister station here on 106.5 The Wolf. Cody and Zeke mornings. I, uh, I'll be joining them weekly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your boy's going to be on week. I'm going to be on radio. I'm sorry, folks. Six days of the week. You got five days, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday. Oh, you're it's a treat for you all. You're probably thinking, oh, gosh, we don't need more Kramer on the radio. You know what? That sucks. Tough. Yeah. I'll also be doing some social media stuff here at Odyssey. 
So uh, be on the lookout for uh, our uh, our social media boom. That's the that's that's the goal here. That is the goal. But no, I'm I'm truly excited, stoked for the opportunity. So uh, I'm still gonna be doing this show. So I'm always gonna be here every single Saturday, live and local as always. Saturdays with Kramer. So Shohei. Shohei Otani, one of my favorite baseball players of all time, if not my favorite baseball player currently, he, uh, MVP, deserving, getting paid by the Dodgers tenfold. He's going to go from the Los Angeles Angels to the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's only going to get paid $20 million for 10 seasons, but after that he's going to get paid $680 million divvied out, kind of like the Bobby Bonilla contract where it's going to be back paid. And he's going to soak up whenever he does retire. He's going to have a lot more money still being left over because of what the Dodgers are going to be paying him. So he may not he may not finish. Like, I get it. He might be 40 years old when he does finish this contract with the Dodgers. But who who's to, who's to say that he's still not going to play baseball? Like, who's, who is to say? He may go back over to Japan to finish out his career, but... If he just wants to be a DH in baseball, that's that could be a given thing for him. But one thing he has been improving on is, of course, being more accustomed to the United States of America. That's just what he's been. So Shohei Otani, I want to play this for you. Shohei Otani was doing his MVP award speech, and he wanted to thank as many people as possible. Here's what sh- here here is Shohei Otani addressing the crowd. Thank you for the hosting such a great event and always making us feel welcome. To all the writers who voted for me, thank you. This MVP award is very prestigious and winning this award means the world to me. So a uh, deep appreciation goes out to all of you that voted for me to win this uh, AL MVP award. To my fellow recipients, congratulations to all of you that and the years you had. And for some of you up here, the cadets you had. To the Angels organization, ownership, front office, and the entire staff, thank you for the past six years. I always appreciated your support and allowing me the opportunity to play, with, to play this game I'm so passionate about. To my teammates and our coaching staff for helping and encouraging me throughout the year. I felt your support every day. To the Dodgers organization for believing in me. I'm looking forward to this next phase in my, in my career. To all the fans around the world that support not, not only me, but Major League Baseball. We thank you and appreciate you. To the country of Japan, you are endless. Passionate support you give me every day helps drive me to play the game the way I do. To my support group, starting with my agent, Liz Valero, and his wife Liz attending tonight. To CAA for all of their support, and of course, Ife Mizuhara for always being there for me. Lastly, to my family and friends, Thank you. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Now, that was the big, the biggest takeaway from that was the fact that Shohei Otani did that speech in English. I that's the very first time I actually got to see or got to hear and see Shohei Otani actually speak English for once. And I loved every single second of it because he's trying to adapt. He's trying to be more accustomed to our ways over here. And that's, of course you talk to anybody here in the midwest or i mean heck you can even go find something else that you got to speak english i mean they'll say they'll you got to talk american but i mean that's just them but i'm just happy the fact that he's he's gravitated towards being loved here in the united states like i i fully believe from going to the royals game this past year the royals angels game i know the the angels lost that game but the game that i went to but the game that i went 
like everybody was captivated by the guy. Like everybody wanted to see what Shohei Otani is going to do on the field, no matter what, whatever it's an at bat or if a ball is being hit to him or whether or not if he's being pitching. People are captivated by the guy because they see the talent, they see the raw emotion, they see what I see in him devoting his life to baseball. Because people who go to baseball games. I mean, I'll say it. We're all a little weird. We love baseball. Some people think it's too boring for them, and I say you're. It's 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 a smart person sport. That's that's what I'll, that's what I'll tell them. It, like it, it takes a, a big brain in order to to watch a game, and the biggest brain of them all is Shohei Otani. And I'll tell you this right now: English is is one of the hardest. Like, I think it's ridiculous how hard English is. Like there, 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 two, two, two. Like, come on now. There's no reason for us to have three or four different ways to spell or have a meaning for a word. It's absolutely ridiculous, and I feel bad for anyone who tries to learn English. And I'll tell you this right now, Shohei Otani's English, fantastic right there. He has probably better grammar than I do. He probably has better grammar than half of the United States in general, or maybe 75% of the United States. What can't Shohei Otani do? All I know is I'm floored by it, I love it, and I need more of it. I, 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 not, not more of him speaking English or anything. I just need more of Shohei Otani in my life. I've got two, three, four posters maybe of Shohei Otani, a little Funko Pop. Like, I, I love the man. Like, I I wish. Man, you know what it would have been like if somehow, some way, because I don't know if I'm going to be leaving Kansas City anytime soon, if somehow the Kansas City Royals would have gotten Shohei Otani. Can you imagine? Can you, I I would buy season tickets for a like right then, right there, because knowing that Shohei Otani is going to be in a Kansas City Royals uniform every single day. So why shouldn't I want to go out of my way for what? There's 162 games in a season, so 81 home games. Like I would love to go see 81 home games of Shohei Otani playing. I would. I'm an idiot like that. I'm not. I mean, it's not an idiot type of way mentality. It's a Big brain type of mentality ways because I love baseball. And I love Shohei Otani. But man, Shohei Otani. Play that last five seconds for you. To my family and friends, thank you. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mr. Shohei Otani himself. Mr. MVP. Soon to be MVP in the National League. Probably a Cy Young Award winner too. You can probably just put that under his belt at some point in time in baseball. All right, so there's remaining free agents that are still out there. They're done deals that have happened in the Major League Baseball as well. But before I get to the done deals and what could possibly happen with the deals that are uh, possibly rumored, which I just saw on X, free agent currently, Jordan Montgomery still is a free agent. Jordan Montgomery started for the St. Louis Cardinals last year, was traded to the Texas Rangers, helped helped them win a World Series. St. Louis Cardinals are in talks right now with Jordan Montgomery, bringing him back. Are you kidding me? You're going to trade a guy, get him a World Series, and come back and hopefully win a World Series here in St. Louis? Like, or go to St. Louis to help them win a World Series? I'd love that. I think that would be great. That's a, a good power move if I'm the St. Louis Cardinals, if you can get another lefty in that starting rotation. it's uh, It would actually make that starting rotation, I think, even better. Get Stephen Matz out of that rotation and put Jordan Montgomery in. I'm all here for that. That pitching rotation currently for the St. Louis Cardinals consists of Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Stephen Matz, and Miles Michaelis. Uh, pending any type of maybe Matthew Libator could possibly find his way into the starting rotation, maybe from a spring training, uh, maybe a, a good spring, spring training stint this upcoming season, but we'll, we shall see. But Jordan Montgomery is a pitcher that's still out there that is uh, that I saw or um, an article on that the Cardinals may be interested in bringing him back in the Cardinals uniform. But other pitchers that are out there, uh, former two-time Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell, 31-year-old, is still out there. I'm still absolutely shocked. He's, he's he's coming off of a 7.7 WAR season in baseball, so it's uh, I'm still surprised that the the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner is still out there to be grabbed up. And I, I'm not going to tell you what type of teams that are in, that 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 fits him the most th- this week, but maybe possibly next week if he's still out there because. It's just head-scratching. It's baffling that this guy's still out there. It is. I remember when he was traded. I remember when he was traded from ta- the Tampa Bay Rays to the to the Padres, and I was like thinking, like, what the heck is the Padres? No, good for the Padres, but what the heck are the Tampa Bay Rays doing trading a guy that helped them get to the 2020 sprint of the COVID uh, World Series 
So that's it was interesting. Like I was absolutely I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked. I was shocked then. I'm shocked right now that he's still a free agent. I don't know what people don't see in Blake Snell, but Blake Snell is a high caliber starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. Other guys that are still out there, former Cy Young Award in the National League, Clayton Kershaw. He's 36 years old though, so I'm curious to see what team would actually want to go out there to go get him. If I don't if Jordan Montgomery does not sign back with the Texas Rangers, I can see Clayton Kershaw going home to play for his hometown team. I'm pretty sure he's from the, um, uh, the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth area. I mean, I know they they play in Arlington. But, I mean, that's somewhat close. Clayton Kershaw going back to Texas, I think that's in the books. I really do. I think that's how it's going to happen. With Corbin Burns being traded, are we going to possibly see Brandon Woodruff being signed back to the Milwaukee Brewers? Or I think that might be completely done. I think the Milwaukee Brewers, them trading Corbin Burns absolutely was – not a good move if they're if they're trying to contend with the American National League Central, they should have kept them. And you know what? They didn't do it. So I can knock them down on some pedestals uh, from that. So Brandon Woodruff still out there, a guy that's also a Corbin Burns like esque, a little bit older, has a little more wear and tear on him though. Uh, but he's still out there. He's a very serviceable starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, and he's a free agent that's still out there. Still sticking with the pitchers, we got Julio Arias, the Dodger. 27 years old, he had a 4.4 uh, war. Why isn't he signed? Why? Why? Just why? If the, if the Cardinals don't go out through Jordan Montgomery, heck, I'd I'd like for them to go out there, uh, Julio Arias. Hell, I'd like the Kansas City Royals to go out there and see what it would take to get Julio Arias on this team. A 27 year old pitcher. You're telling me the Royals wouldn't want to get that right now that we saw. We know what his we know what his ceiling is. He's a he's a great pitcher. He could he can win you 20 games. Heck, I could see him winning 20 games here in Kansas City, helping him out because of his arm alone. I digress. Zach Greinke still out there. Michael Lorenzen, Mike Clevenger, Rich Hill, Corey Kluber to name a few. Johnny Cueto, Noah Syndergaard are out there as well. Brad Keller, Big Bad Brad still out there. Hinjin Ryu as well to name a few when it comes to starting pitchers. But still DHs such as Jorge Soler is out there to be available. J.D. Martinez is available out there in right field. Names such as Randall Gritchick and Will Myers. Center field Kyle Lewis, remember former uh, former American League Rookie of the Year Kyle Lewis. Adam Engel, Billy Hamilton, Adam Duvall, Michael A. Taylor, which Michael A. Taylor last year played great for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Tommy Pham out and left. David Peralta as well. He had a remember David Peralta had that one year deal with the Dodgers. Uh, it was it was it was a, it was a it was a not a bad one year deal with Peralta there in Los Angeles last year. But Jerickson Prosfar, Eddie Rosario, Robbie Grossman out there in third base. Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman's still a free agent. I I would I thought when I was talking about him earlier on about possibly him the Baltimore Orioles I'm hoping that one of the the Orioles beat writers or Orioles front office people were was listening to me talk and be like yeah it's actually not a bad idea getting Matt Chapman on your team why 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 isn't Matt Chapman signed now why I don't get it I I don't other third basemen are Gio Urshela Josh Donaldson Evan Longoria and Eduardo Escobar Brian Anderson as well shortstops Ahmed Rosario Brandon Crawford Tim Anderson. Nick Ahmed and Adalberto Montesi. Those are the, the tops that I see right now. Adalberto Montesi. I have him as a top guy. I haven't seen him play baseball in like two or three years. Second baseman consists of Elvis Andrews, Whit Merrifield, and Tony Kemp, and also Colton Wong. First baseman, Brandon Belt. That's all I really see. CJ Crone. Maybe Dom Smith, Eric Hosmer, Joey Votto, Yuri Gurriel. Carlos Santana got nabbed off the list. Let's get some done deals. Well, and also, catchers-wise, Gary Sanchez. But, I mean, I think wherever Blake Snell goes, Gary Sanchez will follow. But done deals. Actually, no. We can hold off on the done deals. Because, well, I mean, there's some done deals in this one. You know, I talked about Shohei Otani earlier on in this this, uh, segment. Now, let's talk about the Angels. And the Angels show Hayotani backup plan because it's laughable. What position can Shohei Otani play? We know that he can pitch. We know he can play the outfield, preferably center field. And he can play first base. That's all I, I really know what Shohei Otani can actually play. And he does it well. He can also hit, hit, he can hit the crap of a baseball. But that doesn't need to be talked about because I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. So this is the Angels' backup plan. They recently signed... 
Outfielder Aaron Hicks to a one-year $740,000 contract. $740,000. Not millions, $740,000. Because the Yankees are still responsible for paying Hicks' $8.76 million in 2024, plus a $9.5 million in 2025, and there's also a $1 million on the buyout for 2026. Aaron Hicks is getting paid to play for the Angels, but he's also getting paid. He's actually getting paid by the New York Yankees. That's one on the backup plan. That's Aaron Hicks. Put his name on the list. Secondly, a left-handed pitcher. Didn't show well, Shohei was left-handed, right? Yeah. So they would go out and get a left-handed pitcher of the name of Matt Moore. Matt Moore to a one-year nine million dollars. Matt Moore was a Cy Young Award candidate back in like two thousand and. 10, 2011, 2012 for the Tampa Bay Rays. It is 2024. I don't think you're going to get Cy Young Award winner Matt Matt Moore or Cy Young Award candidate Matt Moore in 2024. It's 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 Artie Moreno. I don't know what you're doing. I I just don't. Artie, he's the he's the owner or the GM, whatever his name is. I honestly I, I I don't care. I think he fumbled the bag no matter what in all this. Now we know Shohei can be a DH first baseman. So what do they do? The Angels go out and get Miguel Sano. Yeah, the Minnesota Twin, you know, the, the the big third baseman that got converted to first base because weight issues, and he found himself out of the league really quickly because they, they realized that Miguel Sano can't hit a curveball or anything that's away. Miguel Sano, when he connects with a baseball, it'll go 500 feet. But it's the fact of connecting with the baseball, and that's the, that's the rare that it's it's hard for him to connect with the baseball. Yeah, they, they, signed, they didn't even sign him to a major league deal. They signed him to a minor league deal that included a camp invite, which I think he'll make the ball club as the DH or the first baseman, either one. But those are three guys they tried to replace Shohei Otani with. And I know a few weeks ago I mentioned this other signing, a third baseman name of, I mean, does it ring a bell? Hunter Dozier, former friend alert here in Kansas City. Time to a minor league deal. I mean, that doesn't really mean, do much for me, but it might be Anthony Randone's backup. I mean, I believe Hunter Dozier's going to play a lot more games than Anthony Randone. You can book that for 2024. Anthony Randone just can't stay healthy. Anthony Randone just can't play a full 65 games. This is what the Angels did in rebuttal to them losing to Shohei Otani. Remember when they went out there and they bought at the deadline? And whatever they bought, the guys that they sent out, you better hope they don't they don't tra- they they don't transmit and being that like the, the the best of the best, you know the guys that they sent out to go. They departed the, the, the Angels so they can get Randall Grichik, so they can get Hunter Renfro, so they can get Lucas Giolito. It's just they fumbled the bag. They should have traded Shohei Otani at the deadline, get as much as they could out of him because they they should have already known that they were not signing him back. They should have already known that. And if you and if the ownership didn't know that, then the ownership is a bunch of dinguses. That's just what they are. But now you have Mike Trout sitting there, and with newly acquired Aaron Hicks, Matt Moore, Miguel Snow, and Hunter Dozier. Do you think? Do you think Mike Trout? Do you think Mike Trout wants to uh, pl- not not play with these guys? I mean, he's going to want to play baseball no matter what. But do you think he wants to play with this organization? This organization that doesn't have a future. This organization that I do not see being fit to having a World Series run anytime soon? I just think this is funny. Back in December of 2022, (laughs) back in December of 2022, Artie Moreno, listen to what he had to say. You know, Shohei's not going anywhere. My kids will never talk to me again. If that happens. So, um, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be an angel, and, and hopefully not just this year, but going forward. You know, Shohei's not going anywhere. My kids will never talk to me again. <laughs> Do we think his kids are talking to him? I wouldn't be. There's no way. You know, Shohei's not going anywhere. My kids will never talk to me again. My kids will never talk to me again. Already married, everybody. Mr. Deadbeat Dad. (laughs) Oh, man. The Angels are bad. Like, they're bad, bad. It could be worse here in Kansas City. It could. 
It could be a whole lot worse. We could the the Royals could be the Angels. They could be. I mean, I think if the Royals would play the Angels right now, like say if they had a ten game series, I think the Royals win eight of those games. That's good. That's good for the Kansas City Royals. That's so bad for the Angels. They had so much promise. And I bought into I, I bought into the hype. I bought into the hype of the Angels this past year. I did. I thought they're gonna be good. I thought they're gonna actually retain Shohei Otani. They didn't do that. And now the rest is history. Now, what do you do with Mike Trout? You trade Mike Trout. But you know what? That's not gonna happen. Because if this guy said this back in December of December 9th of 2022. There's no way he's going to trade Mike Trout. You know, Shohei's not going anywhere. My kids will never talk to me again. If that happens. So, um, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be an angel and, and hopefully not just this year, but going forward. Because of him saying he's not, he's not going anywhere, they're not going to trade Mike Trout. They just won't. If they said about Shohei Otani, they're, they're going to they're gonna say the exact same thing about Mike Trout. So Mike Trout, if you want to stay in Los Angeles, man, that's cool. But you're not on the right Los Angeles team. You're like, who's the better Los Angeles team in football? Is it the Rams or is it the Chargers? It's definitely the Rams. Rams made the playoffs. Chargers just, they got Jim Harbaugh. That's it. The Los Angeles Angels are the Chargers. Just let that sink in. Just let that sink in. This is Sarah Zuckerman right here on the Bet 1660. That's, that'll do it for the baseball talk. We'll get done deals and trades. We'll push that back. And we'll have a, a, a surplus of done deals and trades next week, which is okay. Because coming up next, yeah, the, the quarterback and the kicker, they had some, they had some, they had some words. They had some words too. They had some also throwing footballs at each other. Not at each other, but away from each other. I'll discuss more and dive into it more next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.